Hi, everybody. So excited to be back in the podcast booth this week. We're going to be joined by Kelly Corvin, our operations director and business development director, and also Andrew Crisp, who produces our podcast. We had such a great conversation last week. We're going to continue that format. We really think that works well, where we just have these conversations about leadership. They're going to ask me some questions, and I'm going to have some commentary about leadership as it relates to what we're facing right now. You know, we're all facing these challenges. Every single day is different. And it's just been one of those years. 2020 has just been the year of, I'm not even sure what, but it's just got us all thinking about what can we do to make this year better? As we always say on Straight Talk on Leadership, turn up the volume, get ready to change your life. Hi, I'm Dean Chris. Welcome to Straight Talk on Leadership. This is what we'd like to say is the no BS zone, where we give you leadership tips, ideas, and practical suggestions to help you become a top leadership performer. Our goal is simple, help you become the best version of yourself and reach your highest potential as a leader. So set back, turn up the volume, be ready to change your life. Hi everybody, Dean Chris, back in the studio this week, the week before Thanksgiving 2020. What a year 2020 has been for all of us. You know, as we're looking in the news right now, the COVID spiking all over the country, we've got leadership challenges, defund the police, talking about leadership, talking about people being out, just hundreds of issues and items every single day on our plate as a leader. Today, I want to be joined in the studio with Kelly Corvin, the business development director for LHLN, and Andrew Crisp, who produces our podcast for us. We had a great conversation last week about some of those issues. And you know, there was a number of questions that we just left on the table and we didn't really get a chance to get around to. So this this week, we're gonna address some of those questions. But first of all, before we get started with you guys, hey, you know what, welcome to the studio, folks. Glad to have you guys with me. So good always to have you here with us in the studio. Thanks, Dean. Yeah, it's um, it's a blessing to be here today. and. Uh, enjoy coming back as always and, and talking about uh, leading trends and leadership. Definitely. Thanks for having us back. Oh man, it was a great conversation. I thought everybody had a great time last week. I learned a lot. One of the things I want to tell people is that the purpose and the reason we do this on LHLN is not just so that we can be heard, but we want to truly add value to your life. We want to help you grow as a leader. I know that myself personally, that if I stop growing, then you can bet then I'm going to start stop growing other people. So, you know, how you grow others is you got to grow yourself. And the one thing that we always want to do at LHLN is we want to add value to everybody's life as we move forward. You know, we've been creating some new courses. We've got some exciting news that we want to share with you before we dive into the podcast here. But we just uh, announced yesterday, an earmark day for us, we have started our first online pay webinar and we're going to be talking about a number of issues in that paid webinar it's going to be so exciting we're going to be talking about how do we get people to be more committed as a leader how to be the best leader that you can be we're going to help you design your own leadership process and we're going to explore leadership from the standpoint of being more of a process than an event a lot of people believe that leadership is just an event. Well, that's not really true. 
Yes, you do leadership in an event or you do act as a leader in an event. But if you're going to be good at it, you've got to create a process so then that when that event comes around that you can actually be a really good leader. We're going to talk about the difference between how do you set expectations for people. And when you're talking about setting expectations for people, that's one of the probably the weaknesses that a lot of us as leaders have is we don't really set expectations and follow through with them. And we're going to talk about the three types of expectations. We're also going to talk about the three types of leader that are in everybody's department and everybody organization, everybody's organization. And we're going to talk about how do we improve those and how do we get people to move from this level to that level. And we're going to talk about effort how effort directly relates to commitment and commitment directly relates to effort. So we've got an exciting two hour webinar. And if you want, uh, you can look at the podcast and you can check on our link here and we'll direct you to that registration where you can sign up. It's going to be December the 3rd from 1 p.m. Eastern to 3 p.m. Eastern. And I'm going to spend two hours teaching on those particular topics, topics of how to become the best leader possible. And you know, we're all facing leadership challenges. And I think we're not really doing ourselves justice, nor the people that we serve justice, if we're not the best possible leader. So in that, in that uh, webinar, uh, we're gonna be, it's $95. We normally charge $195, but we've got this introductory offer of $95. And that's not a lot when you talk about two hours to really focus on how you can be the best leader possible. I guarantee there's going to be results out of that. I guarantee you, you're going to, your life will be changed with some of the information and, and the perspective that I'm going to talk about in that guarantee you is going to change your life because it's changed mine. I'll be in St. Louis on December the 8th, 9th, and 10th with this new course that I've developed surrounding the character driven cop. And um, I've, really thought about leadership over the last year and we need to start leadership at the very earliest stages of career development. And that begins when people are in rookie school or young cops and even in the FTO process. I had the opportunity this past week to go to Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office and deliver this course to 35 individuals. And we talked about for two and a half days, what does it take to be a character-driven cop? But not only that, the key component uh, thing out of this course is decision making. Like, how do you make good decisions? How do you make decisions in critical incidents? How do you make decisions and what do you base your decision making model on? And we spent two and a half days. The reviews were great. And I'm going to do three seminars in St. Louis, one day each on how do you become a character driven cop, making great decisions in tough situations. So I hope you can join me in St. Louis. You can look on our website, lhln.org. So enough talking about what we got going on, Kelly and, and Drew. We got some exciting things going on, and a lot of that is credited to you guys who are making these things happen, uh, not only behind the scenes, but out in front of the scenes. And I really want to thank you and also thank Morgan. Uh, Morgan, Andrew's wife, does our marketing. She's done a tremendous job of pushing out that information. Now, what I want to do before we get started on this podcast is I want to call to action. I need our podcast listeners, I need you to help us increase our numbers. Now, we've got good numbers and we like our numbers, but we want to reach more people, not because we want to be known more, because we've got a message we believe that can help people really become the best version of themselves and the best leader. So what I want you to do 
is I want you to make me a promiser. I want to challenge you to send this link to our podcast. And if it's not this one, it's one of your favorites or one that you like and send that link so that we can increase our downloads and we can get more people listening. The goal of LHLN is to get leaders helping other leaders. It's called Leaders Helping Leaders Network. And we think our podcast is one way to get people to do that. I, I listen to these podcasts, although it's tough for me to listen to myself, but I listen to the guests and comments from people make on while I'm working out, while I'm driving. So we want to encourage you, send this link, send our podcast to someone. Let's increase these numbers by the first of the year to something we just didn't even imagine. I really need your help. I need uh, our LHLN team to really pull together and let's increase this podcast. All right, folks, enough about that. So let's talk about what's going on out there. I knew you guys had some questions and you guys had some concerns that we wanted to talk about. We didn't really get a chance to finish. And to be honest with you, I like this format and I think we should do it more often, have these discussions where we just talk to each other about uh, what's going on and how we can help each other become better leaders. So it doesn't matter which one of you want to start. And so welcome again to the show and uh, let's move forward to the podcast. Sure. Well, thanks, Dean, for having uh, Drew and I back. We're always happy to join you and, and have good dialogue. It helps both of us stay kind of connected. Um, I think what you were looking for is questions that we hear when we're out there. Uh, Drew has experience in the private sector, so he'll have some questions related to that. Um, I talk to all of our customers most of the time throughout the course of my week, whether it be the civilian side or the uniform control side. And I think one of the biggest things that's happened this year is a lot of our civilian employees, they've already felt disconnected in the past um, just because they're not uniform patrol. And so they feel sometimes they get left out of the loop on things. And now they got sent home as non-essential employees, quote unquote. So what would your advice to leaders be that to help them stay connected during this time. Many of them have started to return to the office, but with all this uncertainty, who knows what'll happen over the next 30 to 45 days. Um, so just some thoughts on that. What, what would you do if you were still wearing that chief's hat? So. Okay. Well, you know, that, that's a, that's a really good question. And, and I know that when I was a police chief and in a leadership role in law enforcement, that, there is a major disconnect between the civilian population and the sworn population. And the disconnect was always that the civilian population didn't feel as valued or just because they didn't wear a badge or a gun, they didn't feel as important. Right. And they felt, you know, kind of in that role. So let's, let's break that down just a moment to kind of let's, let's look at this thing at a few layers and then let's talk about how we can, you know, try to fix that or try to help that. Well, one is psychologically, when you're considered support, then it does create kind of a connotation that you're not as important as the main act, if you will. You know, I always hear that. And, and I know that all of you out there who are in a support role, even in law enforcement in the sworn, sworn position, that sometimes the, uh, you know, the operators and the, uh, the organizational, the operations people look down upon the sworn or the sworn look down upon the the ones who are in the uh, support services or even the jail or corrections or whatever that is. I mean, there's, there's always this kind of thing. You, you, need, to, you need to understand that there's going to be a hierarchical kind of design. We, we live like that in our lives. I mean, we live like, okay, we got sure. this echelon, we got this next echelon, we got this next echelon. Mm -hmm. and, and I think there's a number of things that you can do to kind of connect. Now, one is don't forget there's three 
primary things that create relationships with people. And I don't care who you are around the world. I don't care who you are. There's three things that kind of connect people. The first one is you got to spend time with them. Now, in the COVID world, when they're gone and they're not there, that means you've got to talk to them. You've got to talk to them by phone. You've got to include them on Zoom calls. You've got to text them. You have to keep them engaged in your you personally. So when you look at any type of relationship, the worst thing you can do is not see each other for a period of time or not have contact within a period of time. Because when you don't have contact and all you're sending is work that's being produced, there, there creates this automatic disconnect. And what happens is that people tend to connect to those that they're with or in the office more, and they become less dependent and more dependent on the people they're connected with. That's just the way we're designed. So the first thing is you have to find a way to spend time with them. Now, whether it be a Zoom call, uh, and I can guarantee you right now, think about this for a minute. Let's say you got 10 employees in your office and all of them's been gone or only work one or two days a week, and you don't really see them that much to set up, all right, let's do Thursday at 10 o'clock, we're all gonna be a Zoom meeting. So, you know, don't worry about it. We're all, if, you, if you're at home and you got things going on, we get it, but we're just gonna spend time talking to each other, looking at each other, you know, going and forth, what's going on in the office, latest, greatest, that kind of stuff. Uh, I'll give you a perfect example of, of how that worked. Um, you know, teaching for FBI leader, I've, uh, not been teaching as much as I uh, have been in the past with FBI leader, just simply because I've been doing this LHLN thing and, and uh, they have other instructors and, you know, it, it, I love people at FBI leader and I love all of them. It's just, I'm doing this stuff and just, you, you only have so much time. And right now I can remember our zoom meeting that occurred probably almost a year ago. Well, it, it was probably the first zoom stuff started out in April, something like that. Yeah. And I can still see their faces on, the the screen and it, and it's like although i hadn't hadn't seen a lot of them in a while the fact that i got to connect with them on the screen did create a connectivity now sure. does that mean that it's as good as in person no but you got to remember you got to find a way to spend time with people so one of the first key things to any relationship building is spending time with people the second thing is you got to give them a reason to trust you and so how do you keep trust going when you're distant apart is there's a couple of things I want to think about. One, watch your tone of your emails. Watch how you communicate with people. Fill in the blanks with communication. I mean, that does create trust. Make sure that you're contacting them on a regular basis. Make sure your communication is positive. Don't give them a reason to think that because out of sight, out of mind, that you don't trust them as much anymore. You know, those type of things are really important. So remember, keeping trust uh, is really, really important in relationships. And the third thing, which does impact this in a very negative way, is expectations. Uh, if you're going to have any type of relationships, you got to know what's expected. And so when you're out of sight, out of mind, sometimes the expectations indicate that the work's not as important. The quality of the work's not as important. And now just do it when you get around to it. And so you've got to keep those expectations. And I'll go back that if you want to value someone, the most important thing you can do for them is to give them time. It's the one thing that we all have 
that we will never, ever get back. It's the one thing that we can give, but never get back. So when you give time, you're really indicating to people that they're important. And you've got to have conversations with people that stretch a little more than your normal work thing. Because you can't just call somebody and say, hey, I, I need that report that you didn't get yesterday. I need that today. And if you'll send it to me right away by email. Well, you know, that right there is kind of telling them that the task is more important than the person. But if you were working with them in the office and they saw you all day and you'd exchange a couple of pleasantries and everything was going good and da, 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 uh, you know, they wouldn't be as, as taken by that. But you have to realize that you have to make up for those gaps in relationships that you're not having. Kelly, you know, you and I and Drew, we all work remotely a great deal and uh, we are on the phone a lot and we Zoom almost every day just to keep that continuity of what's going on. So you, you got to give people time. That's, that's something that you have to understand. And remember that they're going to feel disconnected anyway. And so you've got to, to make that up and fill that in with time. Now, that's the one thing you'll say as a leader that I have the least up. Well, it's true, which indicates to you of how valuable it is. So you, you've got to spend time with your people, no doubt about it. So that's some ideas right there. And that's the one thing that, I want people out there that are listening to psychologically think about this. If you're categorized as a person who's non-essential, then I want you to not take that personally. Now, it's kind of hard when somebody says you're non-essential, but remember the nomenclature or the wording they're used that from is law enforcement, which means that on-call 24-hour-a-day thing. Don't let that mind freak you. You know, Don't let that overly concerned you that somebody says not essential or even anybody that would not be in the law enforcement role when you're when you're viewed as not essential it really if somebody told me i was not essential it would definitely demotivate me but don't let that happen to you uh it's it's just words we're using now um and the only times we ever used it before was snow days and <laughs> when we would tell people you know don't don't come in. You're non-essential or da, da 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 da. Stay at home. Well, what it meant was was it meant that we don't want you risking your life to come into a job that you know we can work remotely. That's what that really means. And so don't look at it as being you're not essential. It means it's not worth risking your exposure and your family's exposure and your life where you can do some of the same things in a remote capacity. Uh, police work's not remote. Uh, it's not, um, you know, you have to, so don't let that mind freak you. So I hope that around the corner there, that's a, a good way of looking at it. Yeah, those are three really that. good tips. Drew, did you have a question? Yeah, um, I learned a lot just listening that to um, Dean that I could use here in, in my office and in the private sector. I do have um, um, one main question um, that we see a lot of in the private sector. Um, I'm gonna kind of bundle two into one. The biggest thing is recruiting for us. And the biggest thing that we've seen here is the recruitment against the unemployment benefits. So basically we are recruiting against the government. Um, my question to you would be, how do you hire the people that you need against a government that's given them incentives to stay home, one. 
And how do you increase the morale with decreased funding? I don't think there's an easy answer to that because when you are at the lower levels of an organization um, where an individual is making 10 or 12 or 15 or 18 or you know whatever dollars, you have to sell a service, not a task. And when you sell a service, people have a tendency to buy in to the why of the service or buy into the commitment of the service more than they do the task. So it's like, and, and there's no way, no shape, no how am I trying to tell you? And if you don't know, Andrew's in the private sector, works for a company that does uh, security and he hires uh, security guards and folks who do security and stuff like that. So it, it's like the military. Nobody goes in the military for the money. They go into the military for the benefits that it's going to give them outside of the money. And when, when I talk to young officers, and there is a difference between being a security guard versus being a police officer, just in terms of compensation, cops probably make more money. But when I tell them, I always sell them on service. And I say, if you're trying to get rich, this probably is not your place. But this is a place where you're going to make a difference every single day. You're going to provide something that gives you that feeling when you go home that you've done something good. You're going to look at a career of changing people's lives and helping people, you know, in a safe environment and become a great community. So we're not selling you on task here. So one of the things I would say is that if I was going to hire security folks or if I was going to hire somebody, it would be the service I would sell versus the task. Now, there comes this, if, if you were to look at a graph and you were look at, you know, and, and let's, let's talk about a graph for a moment where you got on the one axis, you got money on the other axis, you got service. And then you've got to find the right mix between service and money so that people can make a living. Um, it would be very difficult to not be able to match what the government's paying people and get them to come to work. So you, your company has got to find other things that draw people to that, whether it be increased benefits, whether it be increased on the other end of uh, retirement benefits, longevity, whatever it might be. But there, there, there's this line between poverty and service, if, if you understand what I'm saying. And when you can't really let service outrun the poverty, then you're, you're in a really tough situation because the government is paying people to stay at home. And when the government pays you to stay at home, it is very difficult to motivate someone to actually, uh, you know, it's really difficult to do. So that's hard. What about the, um, in your opinion, um, how would you increase morale uh, with a continued decrease in funding? Well, I, I, morale is a, is a very tough subject. Um, and people need to realize that morale is both the responsibility of the individual, but it's also the responsibility of the leaders too. 
it's it just can't be handed over to the person and it just can't be handed over to the organization like if i'm your chief i can only do so much to help your morale you know so again I'm, what i try to do with increased morale is there's there's two responsibilities a leader has every single day and the first responsibility is the personal responsibility you have and that is the personal responsibility to have the right mindset that's the personal responsibility to make sure that people feel safe in their environment that they're absolutely uh, you know can feel very safe and you have to make sure that people feel like that you care about them so those are things that are absolutely key mindset you are the leader do you care about your people do they felt like that you care about them and do you create an environment or culture that allows morale to flourish because a lot of bosses want morale to increase but they don't want to do anything in the environment the environment's very structured very static very paramilitary very uh you know all those things so the second thing you have to remember is you have organizational responsibilities every day from your organizational standpoint and those or you got to remind people of the mission, you know, what it is you're trying to accomplish. You have to remind them of what you're trying to accomplish as it relates to the mission. The third thing, the second thing is you got to help them understand the why, like, why are we doing what we do? And when people understand the why it's like, you look at this particular time and you look at the fast food business. Let's talk about Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A has, has an environment where the morale is high, because they have this team concept. These individuals are not working on their own and they're looking at service to the people. So every single day, Chick-fil-A's remind people of their why. And then they remind them of their mission and then they remind them of their vision of where that employee's trying to go. So you have to almost daily remind employees of where they're trying to go, what their mission is and their why. So that's a short answer to increasing morale. So that's really know, I think great. That's, important. that's important. Well, I think um, I think the the last question that I would ask kind of might might give you a chance to just wrap everything up, and that would be um, a lot of young chiefs. We've gotten calls from you know chiefs that have just been promoted or people that have just promoted been promoted recently to whatever rank that is. What's your best advice to them? If you could wrap everything up in a little package today that you would give them. Um, in terms of just getting off on the right start as a leader and, um, you know, what you would say to them to be successful their first year or so in the office. Wow. I mean, you know, just one thing, when, but, <laughs> but, but when you're a leader, um, so just one thing, I mean, there's like 20 things to ensure exactly. success. Mm -hmm. And I think that leadership, again, one of the most important things is I'm going to answer that in a dual way. I think the most important thing for any leader to understand is that leadership's a process. It's not one thing. It's, it's a series of things put together to really make you good at being a leader. And those things that you do have to have a foundation that if one of them slips, that the others will pick up, you know, so there, there's a lot of things there. And I'm going to talk more about that. And we could probably do that in another podcast, another, podcast, yeah. another time, but 
leadership is a process. It's the one thing I would want to make sure that people understand. It's not one thing you're going to do. It's a series of things you're going to do on a consistent basis every single day. The, the other thing, that's half. Let me give you the other half to make it a whole. You got to know where you're going as a leader. You have to overall know what it is you're trying to accomplish. Now, that is hard as nails to, to really uh, formulate and finalize. But part of that answer is that it's an intuitive sense, that it's a feeling of where you're trying to get to. It's a, it's, it's like, it's like Dabo Sweeney. Let me just use him for comparison on this for just a second. Every day when, when Dabo stepped into those, to that seat as the coach at Clemson, now, let me use South Carolina as this, as, a, as an example, okay? What South Carolina is going to look for in their coach, and, and the reason I'm familiar with that is because, you know, Andrew, you guys went to South Carolina, and we watched that pretty close, and Muschamp just lost his job. But the one thing that you never doubted about Dabo is that you never doubted that he knew where he was trying to get the team to. and. So no matter if someone didn't believe that, then Dabo believed where he was going, but he also had a process on how to get himself there. So any leader in any position, you have to realize that the duality of understanding that you have to know where you want to go, and then you have to have the process to back it up. So Dabo knew clearly he wanted to be the national champions. But I, but I want you to understand something about that. Being a national champion is not the end-all, be-all. That, that's a destination. Leaders have to work on journeys. They, don't, they never work towards, uh, you know, finally getting on top of the mountaintop because every time you get on the mountaintop, the mountaintop gets higher. You know, you, you got another one to climb. There, there's not, uh, you, you know, there's, there, you just don't get there. So. Dabo knew that he was creating a standard and a culture. So if you if you look at Clemson, they will say the standard is the best, and that's also, that's what they'll they'll say. The standard at Clemson is the best, and the goal is for us to be the best that we can be every single day, one play at a time. Which, if you do that, then the national championship becomes something you can believe in. Now, the problem with and I'm not saying this anything against Muschamp, but the fan base fan base didn't believe him because along the way you have to show progress in your beliefs, and and that never Muschamp could never figure the process out to get them where they needed to get to, and so that's what I'd say about any young leader. You want to survive more than a year. You want to make your year really really successful then understand you got to know where you're going, but you also have to develop a process to get there. If you don't do that, ain't going to happen. No, I think that's really good. Um, I like the quote you had there, leaders must work on journeys, not just destinations. I think that's really, really true. So, Yeah, and um, leadership is a journey. It's not a destination. And the second you set a destination, you can make sure that you got a short tenure. See, Muschamp was looking at wins and losses. Dabo Sweeney looks at character and change of the individual. 
there's a difference. Right. You know, you, you got to realize that there's a whole difference there and it just creates a different culture. Well, one's intrinsic and, and that results yes. in extrinsic and one's just extrinsic. Yeah, that's exactly. One of the things that I say a lot when I get from the classroom is, as I always say this to people, if, you know, if you've been in the classroom with me, you might not believe anything I say or you might not like anything I say, but you damn sure believe I believe it. And that, you know, in a leader, when, when you believe in yourself and you believe where you're going and then you develop a process to get people there, man, you, you get magic. You know, you that's really great. do. Yeah, that's great stuff. Okay. So folks, all right, I'm, I'm getting the, the cue from uh, Kelly and Andrew. It's time to wrap this podcast up. We spent about 30 minutes or so in the podcast booth with you. I want to thank you for joining us. We've got some special guests that are going to be coming in the weeks to come. We've got some folks we're going to be interviewing. We're going to be interviewing Tom Collins, former Highway Patrol trooper in South Carolina, Buddy Dodson, former captain at the Columbia Police Department. Uh, we've got uh, Chief Bellino, who is the uh, San Bernardino County uh, Chief of Police for the school district there. We're going to be interviewing him. We've got some exciting folks that's uh, got some takes on leadership. And uh, Kelly, uh, Andrew, I really want to thank you for joining me and making this conversation practical, applicable, and putting those questions out there that you've been hearing from your people. So I really want to thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, any parting things you guys want to say? Happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there in the audience. And yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Have a blessed week. Thank you. Okay, folks. We love y'all. We appreciate you. Thank you for joining. Don't forget our challenge this week. We want you to take our podcast. We want you to share it. We want you to let other folks know that we've added value to your life. And we want you to add value to other folks' lives. So all of us and the LHLN network out there, all of you are on our team. All of our team members, we need your help to drive us to getting more people involved and making much uh, so much of a difference in people's lives. Hit that uh, share button to folks, uh, you know, get them to subscribe, send a podcast to them, say, look, listen to this. And if nothing else, just take a self-evaluative look at yourself and see how you yourself can get better. You know, folks, I've enjoyed it this week. Thank you. As we always say on LHLN, keep sharing the growth. And it's been a blessing to have you today. And until next time, I'm Dean Chris. You've been listening to Straight Talk on Leadership with Dean Crisp. Be sure to check out our upcoming live class schedule at www.lhln.org. In December, we will be introducing our newest class, Becoming a Character-Driven Officer, focusing on the new mindset of the 21st century police officer. Don't miss this limited time opportunity. As always, we are scheduling live classes all over the country every day. Please contact me, Kelly Corbin, at the email or phone number listed on our website. Please follow us on LinkedIn at Dean Chris, Twitter at LHLN5, Instagram and Facebook at LHLN Chris. As always, the information, instruction, and inspiration are all there from all of us at LHLN to help you put your leadership into action every day. Until next time, we hope you change your life and the lives of those you lead.